morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go You There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are so happy to have you with us. The first month, you think, ah, it's no big deal. They must be running behind. The second month, you think, wow, that's really strange. The third month, you think, maybe I should give them a call. The fourth month, you think, they couldn't even send a letter. The next month, you just resign to the fact you've been dropped. Sound familiar? Let's head into the open. Getting dropped by supporting churches is just a reality of our lives as missionaries. The Apostle Paul admitted in his letter to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse number 15, that no church had communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. I don't believe that no church had said that they would help him. He just said that no church had helped him. With as hard as we work to get the churches in the first place, no one likes to lose one. Some of it's just part of being a missionary. But sometimes you have to wonder if there's something more. Today we're going to talk with Pastor Dan Brown and get some of his thoughts and insight into the subject. Let's get started. Pastor Mike Brown is the pastor of the Kendall Park Baptist Church in Franklin Park, New Jersey. In his nearly 30 years of ministry, he's always been involved in missions, but his investment became more personal when God called his son, Dan Brown, to Madagascar as a missionary. Pastor Brown, it's so great to have you joining us today. Well, thank you, brother. It's a real privilege to be with you, and I look forward to being a blessing as the Lord so leads. Pastor, let me start off by asking you, in the past, what are some reasons that you've had to drop a missionary support? Well, that is a, a difficult question, um, difficult because it's never easy to drop missionaries. We take them on in faith, believing that these are going to be a part of our team, our church family, for a prolonged period of time. But unfortunately, over time, things change. And I would say that uh, probably the the biggest reason would be a positional change, positional in maybe doctrine or maybe in some of the things that they're doing now as opposed to what they were originally sent to do. combination of those would certainly lead us to considering dropping them. In a couple instances, we've had doctrinal shifts. Uh, we've seen some of our missionaries or agencies become more new evangelical in their position. Uh, we get concerned. And we've also seen, though, missionaries that have gone to the field as a church planner, and before you know it, they're maybe lining up uh, maybe more in a Bible college or maybe getting involved in a printing ministry. And that has created some alarm as well. Not to say that God doesn't change, you know, after so many years, uh, their emphasis. But as long as we're brought along with that and we pray about it and consider that as a church and we're okay, then uh, we'll continue to stay behind missionaries. But but I've heard uh, of some that have changed uh, positions. Uh, some have even changed fields, and churches have not been necessarily aware of that. And uh, I would say that's really shambles on the part of the missionary and not keeping the church informed to that end. So 
really positional, doctrinal would be areas that we've had to deal with, and it's not pleasant. It is difficult, but it is an area that we certainly want to take into consideration. What are some things that maybe raise some alarms or some things that you've seen that kind of put you in a position where you may consider dropping a missionary? Well, there, Leland, I would say that the biggest area that we need to look at is is the communication of a missionary to their supporting churches. Communication to me is everything. Out of sight, out of mind. That's certainly applicable to our missionaries. We want to be we want to know what's going on in their world. And so faithful letters, whether they write them quarterly or monthly or whatever it is, that is important to keep a church informed as to what's going on. That way we we're not shocked again if it's something over all of a sudden where there's a doctrinal shift as we've already talked about or positional shift. No, we've seen it coming. There's been some correspondence. They have certainly asked us to be praying about, you know, maybe some new opportunities, new ministries. But I would say communication to us is is vital. And unfortunately, there are some missionaries that are not very good at doing that. They don't keep us in the loop. We believe, as somebody said, that we as the churches are the ones that are to be holding the ropes for these missionaries that are out there on the front lines and it's pretty hard for us to hold a rope if we don't know what really is going on firsthand. So they may or may not like the correspondence. That is critical to a local church, uh, just knowing what's going on and how we can best pray for them, how we can be more effective in our support. So communication is everything, I would say. And, and that would, again, also, the lack of it would have us possibly consider dropping a missionary if we're just not getting that information. And it's a, it's a two-way street, by the way. Uh, you know, I will say the local church, and we even here at Kendall Park could do a much better job in corresponding ourselves with missionaries, uh, looking to be an encouragement and a blessing to them. And unfortunately, we fall short in, in that area. So we could do better, especially in this day and age of all the modern technology and the ways of communicating and Skyping and FaceTiming. We could certainly do more of that and let missionaries know that, hey, listen, we do care about you. We are reading your prayer letters. We are praying for you and certainly financially supporting as well. But uh, I would say communication is a huge area which would have us possibly consider dropping missionaries. Pastor, now let me ask you from the opposite side. When you think through your missionaries, the ones that you've supported and the ones that you've supported in the past— what makes a missionary stand out to you that you would look and say, man, this is a really good missionary. This is one of our best. There are missionaries that are doing all kinds of things. For instance, our son in Madagascar, his first term there is really learning the language and learning the culture. So in that case, we are sympathetic. We know what he's there for. He keeps us again in the loop uh, with regard to tutoring and, and the education of his family with regard to, again, culture and language. Sometimes it's uh, certainly that is a huge encouragement. Uh, maybe they're creative in the ways that they're going about reaching fields. Uh, we uh, support a missionary in the, in the country of Lebanon, and uh, most of the Muslim countries around there, you can't send a, a missionary into them, but he's reaching them by way of the radio, and he's doing a lot of uh, online Bible classes. And, and to us, that is just, that's using his talents, his abilities, his understanding of the culture and people and reaching uh, beyond even his own borders to, to reach people for Christ. And to us, that makes a great missionary. It, it excites us. It's one that would say, boy, if we have extra, how can we, how can we give more? What, what more can we do to support and encourage him? 
I would also say certainly anytime you're back in the States on furlough, visit the churches. And we know that that's not always possible uh, with missionaries because they have a number of churches they have to get to. But if they're anywhere near or have the time, pop in. Stay in touch, you know, as much as possible, letters, visits, uh, and let us know, again, what's really going on in the field. That's exciting for a church to say, boy, this is this is good. We're, we're glad that we have them on our team and vice versa. So let me ask you this question. I would think that the majority of missionaries would think that dropping a missionary is a fairly easy thing for a pastor to do. In fact, a lot of missionaries that you talk to may say that pastors really do it without thought. They're looking for reasons to eliminate missionaries. Can you tell us a little bit from your perspective of a pastor and your church's perspective about the process that you go through when you do have to make the decision to let a missionary go? And that's a great question as well, brother. Um, We are currently in the process of doing just that. Certainly, it's something that you don't want to enter into in the flesh, and so we we beg of God that it would be spirit-led, filled with prayer, counsel, and the multitude of counselors, their safety. Uh, We certainly begin much of that discussion with the the deacons and myself at meetings as we follow these situations. Uh, We want to keep our leadership informed as to what's going on. When we have agreement amongst that group, the deacons and the pastor, then we go to the church. Uh, and present uh, the concerns that we have with the church. And uh, here, as of late, we did that. The deacons and I are pretty convinced that uh, that we're about to terminate this one missionary and his family. And the church was very gracious in saying, Pastor, this is new to us. We knew a little bit about this before because we have done some FaceTiming uh, with this missionary, and I, I brought the people up to speed six months ago. But I gave them an update, and they just said, We'd really like to pray about it and how can we be used to encourage this individual maybe in due time, uh, you know, things will turn around. And I appreciate it uh, from a pastor's perspective, the heart of our people. Um, They're compassionate. They're concerned. They don't want to just drop them like a hot potato. They want to really try to have an effective uh, ministry to him. And so they said, can we at least write letters uh, to his pastor, to his agency? Uh, to the missionary himself, explaining again our our dilemma, our concerns, and uh, see if that will maybe make a difference. And we're following that advice currently. Uh, we're, what the outcome of all this will be, I don't know. But I appreciate a church that says, "No, pastor, let's let's think about it." And and as a pastor, I'm not a dictator. I'm there, a shepherd, leading the sheep. But the sheep are saying, "Could we maybe consider this?" Uh, to me, I'm privileged to be a part of a, fa- a family like that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that they're not just yes people, whatever you say, Pastor, but they have a mind and a, and a voice, and they have shared that with uh, us. And collectively, we've come to an agreement that, yes, we're going to proceed to that end, and maybe we'll continue on with this missionary for years to come. Pastor Brown, thank you so much for sharing the information, even what your church is going through now in order to help missionaries know more about just what goes on, because a lot of times we as missionaries don't have a good idea of what's going on in a church and the thought process and the things that go into making these decisions. And it really helps to give us a proper perspective in knowing 
the heart of different churches and the heart of the members of the churches as you work to, as you said, hold the ropes for us to be able to do the work yeah. of the Lord here on the field. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Well, my privilege uh, to be with you, and thank you again. God bless you. Having been in the position myself in the past as a pastor to both take on and drop missionaries, and now being a missionary myself and having lost a supporting church, let me share a few things. Without a single doubt, not receiving regular prayer letters is the number one reason that missionaries are dropped. When I was a pastor, I thought that it was sad that missionaries wouldn't sit down once every three months to tell what's been going on. Now that I'm a missionary, I still think it's sad that missionaries can't take the time to send a prayer letter once a quarter. It's neat to have seen this from both sides. Since I'd become a missionary, I had a missionary that told me, pastors just don't understand. I'm so busy that I just don't have time to sit down and write a report about everything that I just did. This type of thinking isn't sound for two reasons. First of all, when you don't send a prayer letter, pastors don't think you're busy. They think you're lazy. No church drops missionaries for being busy. But every church will drop a missionary that they perceive to be lazy. Think of it this way. If a church receives letters faithfully every single month from a missionary that has two churches, an institute, an orphanage, and a lot of other things going on in Africa, but they don't receive a letter from you who are pastoring a small work in a challenging area of Canada— what are the odds that they think that you're just busy and not lazy? How do they know that you're busy unless you tell them? But there's also another reason that this doesn't make sense. The other reason is that there's no other profession in the world where you can make four, five, or $6,000 a month and only send one report every three months. When I was a branch manager for one of the largest banks in the U.S., the pay was good. And for that good pay, I sent a report out every day at 5 o'clock about what we did that day. I sent a report every Monday about what we did the last week. And then I sent a report at the end of every month about what we did that month. I sent, on average, 25 reports a month. And it's funny. Because nobody wanted to hear me say that I was too busy helping customers, dealing with employees, ordering materials, and doing a bunch of other things. They just wanted the reports. And if I wasn't willing to do them, they'd replace me with somebody who would. Why should pastors feel any different? Missionaries are lining up at their door asking for help. Why beg a missionary to send a prayer letter regularly? One other thought. When I was pastoring, I always made it a point to make sure that all of our bills and all of our missionaries were paid on time. Imagine my surprise when one day I received a call from one of our missionaries that our church had sent out. He said, Pastor, I don't want to complain, but since you're my home church, I felt that I should give you a call. He said, 
I haven't received support in nearly three months. Is there something going on that I can be praying about? I was shocked. I immediately got off the phone with him and contacted our bank only to find out that there was a problem with our missions account. And while the checks were showing as having been sent, they were never actually sent out. I immediately contacted all of our missionaries and apologized for the mistake and explained what happened. But I also encouraged them that if they didn't receive support from our church to please reach out and let us know because there's probably something going on. You know your supporters better than anyone. And for some, if you don't receive anything one month or two months, it's not a surprise because they always catch up. For others, if they miss a month, you're very surprised. Think of it this way. If you don't reach out to that church to find out what's going on when you stop receiving support, you're saying to that church that the only connection that you have to them is the money that you receive each month. Think of how much it would mean to a pastor who's struggling with his missions program to get a call from a missionary asking if there's anything going on that you can be praying about because you pray for their church just as much as they pray for you. You know, something else that may be happening is that sometimes a church that's trying to get in touch with a missionary to discuss an issue and they don't have good contact information or haven't had success in reaching them Realize that the only way to let the missionary know that there's a problem is by holding their support and waiting for the missionary to contact the church. I had to do this one time with our church. Every letter that I sent to the missionary was being returned, and we didn't have a current phone number. Unfortunately, we held their support for a full year, hoping that the missionary would contact us. Unfortunately, they never contacted us, and we had to drop them. Let me share a personal story. The first and only church that we've ever had to drop us did so with no warning not long after we arrived on the field. I was very surprised because I thought we had made a good connection with the pastor in the church while on deputation. But, you know, being new to the field and hearing from other missionaries that this happens, I didn't do anything. About six months later, I found out that the service that we use to mail our physical prayer letters had made a mistake, and they had inadvertently stopped sending a letter to this church. When I did more checking, I found out that the church hadn't received a letter from us for over six months before they dropped us. Was it my fault? No. Could the church have contacted me to let me know that they hadn't gotten a letter? Sure they could have. But let's be honest. If every church contacted every missionary that was behind on a prayer letter, they'd need to hire more staff just to keep up with contacting missionaries. You know, it's sad because I had worked really hard to book that meeting and to get into that church. And with one keystroke, I lost the church's support. It wasn't my fault, but it definitely was my loss. First of all, we lost a good relationship with a good church. And secondly, 
over the next 10 years at $75 a month, that one keystroke will cost our ministry nearly $10,000 in lost support. Getting on the phone to call that church the second month we didn't receive support could have saved that relationship. Think of the number of calls that it's going to take to set a new meeting on furlough to replace that one church. The statistics say that you need to make between 50 and 100 calls to book three meetings to have one church take you on. How much easier is it to make that one call to a pastor who already supports you to find out what's going on? Sending those letters regularly and on time And then if you are sending those letters, reaching out to a church that stops supporting you to find out what's going on can save you a lot of hassle, a lot of relationships, a lot of money, and a lot of time as we serve the Lord. Okay, enough. Let's get out of here. Remember that you can always find us on Facebook and Twitter at GoYeThere, all one word, or at our website, GoYeThere.com. In our next two shows... We're going to be tackling the important subject of keeping our marriages strong on the mission field. We hope that you'll join us.